Live from this is the Just End the Suffering Podcast. For the win. Got it! Oh, he broke his head. Follow me. Follow me with freedom. Here's your host, Mike Phillips. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Just End the Suffering Podcast. We're New York sports talk and long-suffering fan. I'm your host, Mike Phillips. Got a good show for you this week. We have our opening day special coming up here. Major League Baseball season starts on Thursday. The baseball beat, Will Snyder and Andy Sorbellini back here with me. We're going to get ready for the season. We'll talk Mets, talk Yankees, do our predictions for the season coming up in just a bit. We'll also going to do the baseball over-unders on the podcast as well. Another annual tradition here. You're joined by Phil Frietta, Yankee fan, our legal guy. We're going to talk about that. Do do our over-under picks. You're going to try and win another year in a row. Also going to go to the two-minute drill here this week. Tell the importance of the Mets here to get these extensions done for Francisco Lindor, Michael Conforto. Send a good message at the end of the year. But we'll get all started with this week's opening tip with my thoughts on the season coming up right after this. Ready for this? The opening set. And here we go. All right, opening tip time. You know, the season's about to start. This is one of those things where, you know, you're sitting here right now this year having baseball on April 1st. It's a nice feeling. It really is because last year this time, we had no idea when the season was coming. We were in the midst of the COVID pandemic. We had, you know, just staying in our homes. We didn't even know masking was a real thing yet. Nice to know that we've come so far in a year that not only we have the season starting on time, we're playing the full 162. We're going to have some fans in the building, not full crowds, not all the way back yet, but we are on the way. Even more than the NCAA tournament, which I've talked about, is sort of like getting it back was a big deal. Having baseball starting on April 1st is a big deal. The only negative for the Mets fans is that we're on ESPN on opening night. That means you don't get Gary, Keith, and Ron for the game against the Nationals. We're stuck with A-Rod, probably whining about how he can get the team, and we might hear some random stuff about whatever grievances he has with the franchise. But you know what? We had no baseball last year, so we can't complain. It be, sure beats opening day at home. And I get it was fun for a couple of weeks last year, looking back at these old games and reflecting on this, but we had no idea it was going to be safe to play these games. We had no idea how many we'd even get. They were talking about you know, maybe a 100-game season, maybe an 80-game season, maybe a 50-game season. We ended up with 60. And that was not a great season in that regard. This year, we have the full 162. We have some fans back. The COVID vaccine numbers are getting better every day, so the chance of things becoming more normal will rise as the year goes on. So it's funny. As the season progresses, you'll start to see these crowds get bigger and bigger. Maybe eventually you will not have masks by the playoffs. Maybe you'll have the full house by the playoffs. Still a long way to go, but it's also an interesting year because it's the last year for some baseball traditions here. This is definitely the last year of the DH not being in the National League. So if you like pitchers hitting, get your fill for this year. It's not going to be here after that. So 
Mets fans like seeing Jacob DeGrom hit, like seeing Noah Syndergaard hit homers. This is your last shot at. You only have five teams in the playoffs this year, which it should be the part number. They're not going to do it because the owners and ingredients see every last dollar that's something that has to be made. So enjoy the five-team playoff while we have it. There are going to be some radical changes coming. I feel like that extra inning rule is going to stay. I feel like it's going to be permanent. I feel like the CBA is still hanging over our head like the sword of Damocles. It's threatening to ruin the sport in 2022, but those are future problems. We have baseball this week. That's the best news any sports fan could have right now. Coming up next, we're going to get to the baseball beat with Will Schneider and Anthony Sorbellini right after this. It's time for the baseball beat with Will Schneider and Play ball. All right, we are back here. Baseball beat on the podcast. Opening day coming up. Very excited to get the season started this week. First up with me, the unofficial co-host of this podcast. It's been a minute since we've seen Will Schneider in here. Will, how are you? I am good. Actually, I think the last time we did this podcast was this baseball beat i think the rangers played the flyers in philly as they're doing right now i think it was i think that happened i was watching in my basement i think the rangers lost that night rangers are going to win tonight yeah we are recording on thursday before the literally one week before the season starts and the rangers scored another seven goals against the flyers i think that's 16 their last two games against them hey the Jets might not be able to score 16 points against a Philly team, but the uh, the Rangers can do it. Yeah, maybe we could send some points over to the Jets this year. <laughs> also with me today, as always, the Yankee have the baseball beat, Anthony Sorbellini. Anthony, how are you? I'm doing well. Good to be here. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. And as I was saying, top of the podcast, we got baseball, so we got the full 162. None of this 60-game cockamamie sprint to the, seat, sprint to the finish garbage. It's nice. Thank God. <laughs> I'm excited for like at least you know it's not gonna be completely normal, but normal enough. And I I am like last week, man. Like I've been looking like as this, as it's been getting lighter out, staying lighter out later. I'm like, all right, seven o'clock. I'm bored, man. But it's close close to that time where every night at seven p.m. it's appointment television. Yeah. I mean, I I get by because usually I have the NCAA tournament and me and Troy Moriello, our, our buddy from my own, I've been covering on the podcast here. That's nice, but, like, it's sort of the warm-up here. That what, Once the baseball's back, and it's, this is going to be an interesting year because, you know, we're going to start off, we're going to have some fans in, in the stands, not all, of, all the way there unless you're in Texas for opening day, which is a whole stupid thing in its own. But <clears throat> we'll, go, yeah. we'll get to them. But, I mean, it's going to be weird because you can see this will sort of get more normal as the season goes on because as more people get vaccinated, the crowd sizes should start increasing. They eventually won't have to win the match at the ballpark. It'll be interesting to see us get to more normal as the baseball season goes. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's one of those things where I think like why I'm so excited about baseball too is because it kind of signals that, you know, we're making progress towards, you know, that ultimate goal and i mean listen it's going to be a long time before it's completely normal but the there's even the idea that like in august we might have what 50 percent if more at like city field and 
you know, it's just stuff that it's, it's exciting, but you got to be cautious at the same time. So, but it is, it's something to be optimistic about. And I'm really, I'm really, really happy that like a week from today, I'm either going to be really amped up about a Mets win or just, you know, completely over dramatic saying we should, you know, the bullpen needs to be completely overhauled or something like that. It's opening day. Well, they always run opening day. <laughs> they do. You're right. <laughs> hey, as a Mets fan, we know we're always going to win opening day. <laughs> We do. And Anthony, I think the thing that's the interesting here is like last year we had so many problems with COVID where we had they had to sit the Marlins out for a week. We had to sit the Cardinals out for about two and a half weeks at this. I mm-hmm. feel like now with the NFL, we learned with the contact tracing and everybody's probably wearing those connect sound devices. I feel like we're going to see a lot less gains postponed for COVID. I still think early on you're going to see like some teams have contract issues, tracing issues where like, okay, Jimmy here tested positive and these two guys can't play, but the rest you're going to play on. I feel like that's what MLB's going to have to do is sort of keep this thing moving. Yeah, uh, the MLB kind of is at a luxury in the sense where, you know, they got to see what the NBA has been doing and, and the NFL, what the, what they've been doing so they can kind of, you know, hopefully put, you know, better practices or protocols in place, you know, so hopefully we're not going, teams aren't going, you know, a week and a half, two weeks without playing. Yeah, I think the easiest way is going to be is just those contract tracing devices because it shouldn't be as big a problem with what you would think in baseball because – it's not like football where you have all the linemen in one room together, like, or one group together playing together. And that's an issue where it's, you know, apart from like the dugout, you can space that out a little bit. I think you'll be good shape. Yeah. Um, it always seemed a little weird that the NFL like, <laughs> kind of changed that. <laughs> uh, you had Denver where, okay, one quarterback got it. They're all in the same room and then you're throwing some uh, poor, like practice squad, high school quarterback out there. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I, why while I am cautiously cautiously optimistic about it, like I'm sure there will be cancellations. Yeah, like Sorb said, I I don't think we're gonna see like that Marlin situation, right? Where it was like they didn't play for what seemed like the half the season. Yeah, the Cardinals are far worse in that regard though. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I actually forgot about the Cardinals. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, we do have a couple of the COVID rules stayed. Now, of course, the ones no one wanted. We get, we got the extra inning rule again. We got seven inning doubleheaders again. We could not keep the universal DH, but thank goodness we don't have to try and pick eight playoff teams this year. Yeah, that's want DH. You gave it to me. You took it away. <laughs> Just keep it. You're right. It is. It's seriously they needed to. I mean, if there's National League fans out there who are like really like seriously, I, I, there's no why. I, <laughs> the Grom take his first step at an opening day. I'm going to be like, oh, I really wish that was Dom Smith playing DH. <laughs> Let's put it this way: unless you are Evan Roberts right now, you are not a big DH stand. Not a big no, not a big pitcher hitting stand. Excuse me. I just, uh, I, I haven't pitchers not even hit all spring training too. Like, haven't is it like the last week they started putting guys out there? Like, I don't know. I, <laughs> the thing. And I'm sure in a year we won't even have to worry about that. But yeah, I just that does stink, especially as a Mets fan. We got a thousand like first basemen playing in various <laughs> positions. <laughs> yeah, but we only have one more year of this problem. But right now, let's start with the Yankees, Anthony, because I think they're in an interesting spot under the season. I mean, obviously they're the favorites in America League East because Tampa decided to sort of take a step back themselves. And Toronto, we don't know if they're gonna be ready yet. But I think there's still questions of this team, especially in the light of all the bullpen injuries they've had recently. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's going to be definitely – I mean, if anything, I'm excited for the season, obviously. But, I, I, you know, I'm not as optimistic with this team as I was maybe with last year's team or the other teams before that year. 
Um, a lot of question marks. Um, I know we talked about it last time with 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 uh, them letting Tanaka go and then you know not getting someone to replace them. So just a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of questionable decisions. The bullpen's kind of not struggling, but it's not as strong as it as it, as it was, especially last year letting out of Vito, uh, trading out of Vito. So uh, should be interesting. The biggest thing you know is let's let's, uh, let's hope uh, uh, everybody can stay healthy. Yeah, well, he makes a great point there because even with the Yankees' questionable pitching staff, I mean, if you're getting 130 for under 40 games out of Giancarlo, out of Aaron Judge, out of Aaron Hicks, you know, that one probably not as realistic as the other two, but those guys staying healthy, they'll be out, out slug a lot of teams and win a lot of games that way. I mean, even if one of those two stays healthy, right, is a big deal. Both of them stay healthy and stand, mm-hmm. they can hit even just in a just kind of refine his approach and go back to what it kind of was in Miami a little bit more like, yeah, that is, they can definitely get away with that. You know, okay. We don't have Zach Britton. We might not have like the, that loaded pen that usually the Yankees got away with their, um, not like lack of bullpen or a uh, lack of starting depth, but like, you know, the, their starting rotation has been a little iffy the past few years, um, even more now, but they always got away with with that really strong bullpen. And in the early beginning of the season, that's definitely not going to be a luxury. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to have to have some starters step up. Guys have got to go an extra, you know, 36 outs. And I, I think, like we mentioned last time, you're going to have Garrett Cole as your horse. So maybe a guy like Jamison Tyone steps up, um, who's had a pretty good sh- spring training from uh, what I, I think he has. I could be wrong. But, um, yeah, I, I just think – you just gotta, you gotta lean on that rotation, man. And I know that's a lot. I know that's hard, but that bullpen's gonna be really, gonna be really tough to kind of just kind of figure that out early on. No, I was just, you know, just echoing off, but just relaying off the starting pitching. Especially, it's gonna be difficult because Boone's managerial style is go to that bullpen as quickly as possible, and he's not gonna be able to have that luxury this season. The analytics approach, yeah, max out, you know, and and you kind of, yeah, you gotta, you can't. If, if a guy looks like he can get you three more, you got to go with that. Just mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season, at least, you know, to get to get some reinforcements back and see if some guys step up in that bullpen. Yeah. That's the thing I would worry about, too, if I'm a Yankee fan. He's just like this pitching staff, just the way it's built. I talked about it last time we were on here. I'm just staring at that staff. I say, how is this not a slightly higher upside version of the 2020 Mets, where Kluber and Tyone are basically your Porcello and your Michael Waka, Montgomery, Stephen Matz, and then you have. You're hoping to get Severino back, and he was going to be Marcus Stroman last year, but Stroman never came back because he opted out because of COVID. And then we had all these other issues going on here with, you know, the stars didn't get deep, the bullpen got burned out, and then they were in trouble. Like, I think I get that the Yankees have slightly highly caliber options than the Mets had, but that's still a very dangerous structure they're playing with. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, they they relied so heavily on their bullpen the last couple of years to where it's, in a sense, it's a completely different team because, you know, with Tanaka, you pretty much knew that you were getting at least six from him. Pretty much six. Sometimes you could push to seven. But especially now, there's just so many question marks, especially, you know, from Kluber. What's Montgomery going to be like, you know, and if and when Severino gets back. And, and not only that, but is Severino going to be the same that he was, you know, what was it, two years ago? Yeah, I mean, he's made a grand total of about four starts in two years, which is also problematic. And, Will, one thing I think – is Yankee fans have second guessed this, and I'm pretty sure I I don't know if you agree with me on this. The choice to bring Brett Gardner back at his salary figure when they were trying to stay under the luxury tax, like 
given what's been going on with them and the state of this team, I feel like that money probably wouldn't better allocate for another reliever. Yeah, I um, I, I my grandfather like loved Brett Gardner. I like really respect the guy, but to just have him come back to be like a like listen, the guy's gonna get you some hits, but I I personally just don't get it. Like let Clint Frazier play. He play. I just don't understand that. I I know you need a fourth outfit, but like you said, Phil, like I it, listen. I don't know. It's not my money. Do it. They must love the guy. <laughs> I get it. I get it. But yeah, I mean, various other places I probably would have put those put those dollars just to that makes more sense. I mean, don't they not even have a backup shortstop right now? Wasn't it like Gio Urshela was getting shortstop reps the other day, or like he's their emergency shortstop? And that's kind of like tough when you're starting third baseman's your emergency shortstop. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know there's rumors that they might cut Tyler Wade and then just carry both Bruce and Talkman, which is. Interesting roster construction choice to say the least, but I think Anthony, I think if you're a Yankee fan, I don't know if you feel this way. Like the money they gave Brett Gardner, would you rather give it to this guy like Shane Green to give yourself another bullpen option? Yeah, I mean, as much as I love Gardy, you know, he really hasn't contributed all too much in the past couple of years. Um, he's kind of just riding it out. I mean, he's been he's been reliable, but he's always been so streaky. He's either going to be really hot or just not going to be able to touch anything. And that's been his biggest problem throughout. Yeah, probably throughout his entire career. It's just he's either going to I mean, he's going to go out there and give you solid at bats pretty much day in and day out. But it's either he's going to be able to just hit the cover off the ball or it won't even come within three feet of it. Yeah, it's certainly true. Let's shift gears to the Mets now, Will. I think. They're the most exciting storyline here, but since we saw it, they do have a injury situation to develop. We had Carlos Carrasco hurt his hamstring. Great one, the worst one. Probably going to be out till June. And right now, the Mets' back rotation is David Peterson and Joey Lucchese. How much does this concern you? I'll be completely honest. Like, yeah, it's not ideal. Obviously, like, when you look at it, when you slot Cookie in there, your fourth is, like, what? You got DeGrom, Stroman. Carrasco, I mean Walker, Walker. Sorry, that's what I'm forgetting. Taiwan, yeah. <laughs> like, it's not ideal, but I'll be completely honest. I feel substantially better about this happening this year because if you have to burn two starts with Lucas Kenzie, like, okay, whatever. You gotta, you know, Peterson pitched well at times last year. You have uh, Jordan Yamada, Yanamoto, Yamamoto. Yep. Uh, he's, you know, he's another guy who looks good. I mean, these are guys like him and Lucchesi are guys that like four or five and fly, you know, get them one to two. So I feel like a little good about it. I'll be completely honest with the way things stand. Yeah. I would have much rather had cookie taking that, you know, that third or second star and so on, but uh, um, I'll kind of wait and see with this, you know, usually if this was last year, yeah, I'd probably be panicking because it's a steep drop off. Like we'd have Carl Oleswalt taking two or three starts, but I do feel a little bit better about things. Yeah, Anthony, what do you think about, like, obviously the Mets, the big thing right now if the Mets make this difference, obviously Francisco Lindor being here because this is just, like, a dramatic franchise-changing superstar they've not had in a long time. So, like, and we've seen lately he's been crushing the ball in spring training. He's drinking such energy. Like, what do you think he's going to mean to this team this year? I mean, he's going to, I think, you know, right next to Pete Alonso, probably even better than Pete Alonso. You know, he'll be the MVP for that team. You know, other than, you know, DeGrom for the for the rotation and all, but he's instantly gonna he's just he's just a playmaker. He's gonna go out there, you know, just they don't call him smiles for for uh, for no reason, you know. He's gonna go out there constantly and just just do what he does. And you know, he was a borderline MVP, you know, while he was with the Indians and 
just, he's, you know, one of the best shortstop in the game right now. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's without a doubt that he's going to, you know, boost that system up. Yeah, well, I mean, we got it right here. He's on the baseball cover for fan, for Sports <laughs> Illustrated. I mean, like, when's the last time we see a Met get that? I got to get my hands on that. I don't have Sports Illustrated anymore. The the last, when's the last time? Wasn't it Johan, right? It must have been Johan that year. I think it might be Matt Harvey. Oh, I forgot about, I forgot about Matt Harvey. No, but yeah, you're right. That was, <laughs> so yeah, um, Rangers scored again. <laughs> <laughs> Eight to three. Um, Yeah, man. Lindor, oh baby! I, I mean, I haven't been this excited about a seeing a Met play every day since Carlos Beltran. Like, I am ecstatic. I keep saying in our group chat, man, like <laughs> Lindor's a Met. Like, what the hell? <laughs> I remember when that trade dropped. I was driving, and then I had to turn on friend of the podcast, Mark Malusis and Maggie Gray on WFAN, and they're talking about this trade. I mean, I'm just sitting there knowing that as a Met fan's going. <laughs> So I'm, I'm not used I, to them getting the actually getting on the good end of these trades. Used to them like do like basically diving through the box of scraps. I was driving too. I was actually at like this I, I, this job I've been doing while I've been looking for other opportunities. And um, uh, yeah, it was in that group chat with the Martino and I, and I'm like, there is no way because it was like, oh, they're looking to get Lindor. Oh, they traded for Lindor, and I'm like, no, my God, <laughs> I'm excited. I am. I just. I think what he's going to do for that whole team is just it, – it's immeasurable. I think what he's going to do for a guy like Alonzo, for Dom Smith, for Conforto, every single Met in that lineup, like it is going to be a night and day difference. Like I expect the Beltran-level impact. And what Beltran's 05 season with the Mets wasn't that great because I think he was hurt, but his 06 season literally could have won MVP. Like that's the stuff that I, I, I expect from a guy that, that, that this caliber – yeah, Anthony, the thing also I noticed with the Mets also is like Brody Van Wagen in the past paid lip service to depth because like, oh, we're going to sign minor league guys to be depth guys. Mm-hmm. And they still bring up the same garbage and guys got hurt. But now you look at the back of their bench, you look at some of the guys having their minor systems like these guys have backs of baseball cards. They have actually played in the major leagues and actually contributed on winning teams. So I think that's a nice change as well. Yeah, you know, it's just it always echoes back to, you know, that that's somewhat, you know, just the veteran status. Yeah, there's always a time and place to bring up the young guys, but I feel like you know, from an outsider looking into the Mets organization, it's just kind of like I feel like the organization, along with the fans, are just are just waiting for something. So they kind of want to just be like, all right, we'll we'll flip the drawing board completely over, and you know, we'll 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 do things completely different, and then just just bring in guys, you know, who like you said, have the backs of the baseball cards, and you know, we'll go out and, and produce. Yeah, and we'll. It's nice to not have Kevin Kazmarski coming up to play the outfield to start when guys get hurt. Uh, yeah, I um. I was looking at today, like, I think they said Malik Smith has, like, an opt-out. We saw Tommy Hunter opt-out. I'm like, gosh, usually these are guys that are, like, kind of, like, the headlining moves of the offseason, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, now we're cutting them. Like, they might not make the team. Yeah, I'm excited. Like, I, I um, it's kind of nerdy, but, like, I am very excited for, like, Kevin Pillar and uh, Albert Almora. Like, just having that alone, like, is something that is – it's just very nice to, you know, no more uh, Aaron Altair's coming up and like hitting random home runs and so on. Like these are dudes that could play and are going to be productive members of this team. And it is that, that depth that, what is it? They call it the quadruple A, you know, yeah. kind of, like that is the stuff that uh, I'm very excited. You know, as much as I, I'm super excited about Lindor, I'm probably almost more excited about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Anthony, he was stuck down in VR on that team. And something you have sort of came, flew under the radar right spring training started. Now they have like a speed guy on the bench. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just it's just completely just like it's 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 an overhaul. Yeah, a well need a well needed overhaul. Before we go to our predictions here, anybody have a big picture thing you're watching this year? Will anything catching your eye, big picture wise? <sighs> I'm gonna, you know, an easy one would be like I, I really I want to watch Tatis just com- continue to develop and go. But I, I um, big picture wise, I'm really gonna be locked in and seeing what um, keep an eye on what what the Blue Jays do. I like what they got going on up there. Anthony, what anything anything you're keeping your eye on, like big picture wise? I want to pay attention to those Padres. Yeah, they got me interested. So they're uh, there's a they're a big name coming up. So I want to see what they're gonna be keep, keep doing. I think for me, the one outside of New York I'm watching is the Angels because this is a team I feel like they got some good pitching depth in there. They brought in Jose Quintana. They brought in – they made the, some Southeast trades. They have Shohei back healthy. That's going to be huge if he can pitch and hit. I think this is a year. The AOS is a little open because the Astros lost some guys. The A's lost some guys. I think the Angels could make a sneaky move here. Otani looks fantastic too yeah. in spring. I just – I hope – that guy can stay healthy because he could have like an amazing, unbelievable year. We've like something we've never seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get to the predictions here. We'll go around the horn. We're going to do what we do every year. We're going to do the division winners, wild cards, Cy Young's MVPs, all that good stuff. Let's start the American league East. Anthony, who is your AL East winner? AL East. Uh, you know what? The race took a little bit of a step back. So I'm going to have to go with the Yankees. Yeah, Will, do you agree with that? I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be really bold. I'm gonna say those swinging Jays get it done. I really am. I think Tampa is gonna has regressed. Like I know we always give Tampa the benefit of the doubt, but when you lose Blake Snell and Charlie Morton, like <laughs> I, I, I don't know if they can do that again this year. The Yankees are gonna really have to fight through a lot of early season adversity. So, like in my mind. I want to you see Toronto get off to a hot start and they can really compete. They have a very good team. I think it's going to be a really, really close division. And I just don't know right now if the Yankees, like, listen, Toronto probably doesn't have the starting pitching, that's for sure. But I just, there's something about the Yankees that is early on, I, I think it might be a tough slog for them where a team like Toronto could jump them early. Yeah, I'm going to break the tie. We'll side with Anthony here and take the Yankees to win the division. Something I don't usually do. I used, I last year took Tampa Bay. I was right about that. But, for me, Tampa took such a huge step back where right now they're relying on rehabbing Chris Archer and getting Michael Waka to be a big-time contributor and stuff like that. And it's going to be, I think, next year is their big year because they're going to have some pitching prospects coming up. are going to be good. they got Patino from the Padres. It's going to be a huge threat. I think the Yankees are going to outslug Toronto and win that division by about four or five games. I think the Yankees will win the American League East. Next up here, let's go to the American League Central. Will Lee us off there. Who is winning the Central? Oh, well, I mean, this pick kind of took a took a turn within the last like, <laughs> but um, I'm gonna say Chicago. I'm gonna go Chicago. I like it, even though Eloy got hurt. I mean, the rest of that division is just like I usually would have side with Minnesota, but I just don't know how long Minnesota can continue to like really compete, take that division, just do nothing with it. Like mentally, that's just got to be straining. And, and Chicago's man, those kids can hit. They can hit and maybe get a guy like Kopech back. Like there, there's so many more guys in this pipeline coming up and they have room to make more trades. I, I think Chicago White Sox could really make a run at that AL Central because there's a lot of bottom feeding you can do in that division. Yeah, Anthony, AL Central pick. You going with the White Sox as well? 
I'm in the same boat. Uh, you know, just a lot of a lot of promise, a lot of you know, just young talent. You know, Tim Anderson's up there, so they're definitely an uh, intriguing thing. You know, gotta gotta love my man Jose Abreu. Yes, <laughs> reigning America the MVP, Jose Abreu. Gotta love it. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to make it three for three. I'll also go with the White Sox. Now the Eli Jimenez thing takes a big blow on them because like that sucks because he's such a good player. But there's so many other guys. They have Luis Robert. They got Abreu, as we've mentioned. Yasmati Grandal. They have a good pitching staff with Keiko and Lucas Giolito on top of it. They brought Liam Henderson to close. And I don't think the Twins did enough to keep up with them. So I'm going to take the White Sox yeah. here. We'll We'll probably be the kiss of death to the White Sox fans hearing all three of us pick them. They're probably not finished in fourth place or something, but we will. Find uh, Yoannis Tespinus. <laughs> hey, you could DH there. Yeah, they could be their Eloy Eloy replacement. <laughs> Our old pal Yoannis. Yeah, that's that's so three for three on the White Sox. Now let's go to the AL West, which I think is the division of mystery in the American League because there's honestly you could go off three different ways to put the division pick here. And if you put the pressure on you first, who is your AL West winner? I'm going to think that the Angels just sneak it in. They get it for probably like, you know, three, maybe two games. It's going to be close. But, you know, I just – they have Mike Trout, Otani. Just, just those two guys are just absolute just – there's uh, – it's, it's going to be close. There's so many things. But, you know, I think baseball is good when Mike Trout's in the playoffs. Will, how about you? Yeah. I'm right there. And, uh, you, you know, Phillips convinced me earlier with it. But, yeah, when you look at it, like, Houston's got question marks. Oakland's got question marks. Angels, they definitely have their own question marks. But you kind of feel a lot safer betting on the team that has the best player of this generation on it that have done some pretty good things and shared up some areas. And I think it's going to be a sloppy division. Like, 86 wins might even get you it. <laughs> but I think it might be the Angels that get in there. Yeah, I'm going to make it three for three on the Angels as well because not, people also forget Anthony Rendon's out there. He's got a, a huge presence in that lineup behind Mike Trout. And I think the Astros can be third. I'm going to make that call. I think Oakland will be second. I think Oakland will just find a way. They'll probably make it, be a push in the second half once they get some guys figured out. But I think Angels will clip them by about a game or two, win about like 87, 88 games. That's where I think they are. Yeah, Houston. Pitching is yeah, – there's a lot going on there. <laughs> yeah, losing Framber Valdez to the broken finger didn't help either. Yep. All right, let's go to the wild cards. And, Will, give me your two American League wild cards, not five like last year, just two. A lot easier to keep track of. <laughs> so, obviously, so I said Toronto is going to win the division. So, I'm obviously going to give the Yankees that one, the, one of the wild card spots. And then um, I think the Twins will get that other one. So, good news for Sorbs. If the Yankees have to play the Twins, <laughs> I must say. So, just give us the Twins in the playoff. We're good. Yeah. So, Will subscribes to the Washington General theory here that Rick, friend of the podcast, Rick Sorrell, put out that the Yankees will just dunk on the Twins and get into the American League Wild Card round. Is <laughs> that's it? That's how they. It's it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah Anthony, you had obviously you have the obviously the Yankees, White Sox, Angels division winners. Who are your two wild cards? Uh, I'm going to stay in the AL East for one minute and I'm going to go with the Blue Jays and then I am going to go again with the Twins. You and I matched as well. Whites, I have the Blue Jays and the Twins. I do not have the Astros making the playoffs. No. The Astros just lost too much, you know, from the pitching and then also, you know, you lose a big you lose a big bat in Springer. Yeah, and George Springer is a huge playoff performer for them as well. I think, like, honestly, honestly, like, 
this could be a spot where I think if the Astros don't get off to a good start, like, would you be shocked if they sold Carlos Correa at the deadline? He already came out and kind of like, it seems like he, he commented about how like they gave him a low ball offer or something. I don't see him playing in Houston yet past that. Absolutely. Cause you don't yeah. send him get, get what you can. Yeah. Cause I mean, they traded, they got McCullers signed long-term, which they needed to do because they were going to have like no pitching after this year when Granky leaves. So I and- under a long-term deal, right? Yeah, Bregman, we don't know if Jose Altuve is going to get back into form because he had a very bad year, and the metrics underlying were not good on him. So I think it's a very tr- tough spot to be in if you're an Astro fan. Yep. Although you have no pity from us, considering you guys stole a championship. Boards, <laughs> <laughs> man. Stole it from the Yanks. They did. Let's go to the National League side now. We'll start with the National League East. Anthony, who wins the most competitive division in baseball? I'm gonna go with the Mets. Ooh. You know, I was I was teeter tottering between the Mets and the Braves, but I, I think the Mets, you know, just adding adding Lindor, just I think he's gonna make that that little difference just to push him over. Will, are you stick? Are you taking the hometown boys? Are you going somewhere else? Yeah, it is. It is really like what Silverlani said. It's between those two, albeit the Phillies and the Nationals are going to be really competitive. Uh, it's tough for me to go against my Messies, but I do think the Braves, I just think they're a better team pitching wise right now. But I think it, that division, my God, it's a flip of a coin, you know, like, it, it, I mean, I could tell you the Nationals could win it. Like that division is going to be crazy. Yeah. I'm going to, st- I'm going to stick with the Mets here to win the division. I just feel like there's also going to be, I feel like they're going to be making an in-season move and also they put them over the top. Mm-hmm. I feel like yep. I mean neck and neck. The they don't play the Braves until I think late May is when their first series against the Braves is, and they're gonna make a big move with the deadline, whether it's a center fielder or who knows, maybe a third baseman. If JD Davis is not playing up to snuff, I think they're gonna make that one move that puts them over the top. There's a guy in Chicago who plays third, so Steve Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> they, they've been looking at that guy before. Oh, a guy, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think we know about that guy. Maybe maybe a bullpen arm too would also be not a good idea. There's a guy in Milwaukee, left-handed, long hair. I don't think they should pay that much for that guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh. All right. Since you brought the Milwaukee connection here in the, Amer- in the National League Central, Will, who is winning that division for you? The Cardinals. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. No disrespect to that division. Just, I, I, you know, one of the fun teams, though, to watch that division is Cincinnati. I like what they did. Really? Yeah. I just I think they're going to let just slug, just slug. And, and find their way to just be in the middle of the race, at least at one point. I don't like what Milwaukee did. The Cubs, eh, Pirates. My <laughs> oh, God, if you're mm. a Pirates fan, sorry. I just, I think the Reds just, there's something about them. I feel like I pick them every other year. So this will be the year that they would do something well. But yeah, St. Louis is still the best in that division. Anthony, your central pick is? The Cardinals, without a doubt. Just, <laughs> you know, adding uh, Arenado just sets them over. It's like, Forget about it. It's not even – it's it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I will complete the trilogy here. Go with the Cardinals. Uh, say It's his famous proverb. In the in the village of the blind, the, pl- the, the man with one eye is the leader. The Cardinals yeah. got one eye. <laughs> That's all they needed to do. Yeah. They're going to yeah. win that sorry division. <laughs> yeah. That that I what did I what division did I say before it can get you can win in eighty six the NL West I mean you might be able to win the NL Central <laughs> with eighty four. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a bad division. I mean, like 
It's just, and this is the same division Trevor Bauer feasted on to win that Cy Young last year and get $40 million in the Dodgers. So it's a, it's a, you know, there's nothing I'm there. Look, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. I mean, it's just the definition of like middling teams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And I think Milwaukee's the second team in that division, but I don't think they're going to be that good. No. No. All right. NL West. Anthony, I'll go to you first. Dodgers or Padres? <laughs> The Giants. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to say Padres. I really do, but I can't. I really can't. It's the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers, you know, World Series, reigning World Series champions, and then you didn't have that World Series regression. You go out and you grab Trevor Bauer. You just get even more stacked. It's an all-star team out there. Yeah. Will. Like uh, everything he absorbs just said. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really, really wanted to tell you the Padres, but I, I just can't. I'm lying to myself. The Dodgers are freaking loaded. All right, so I'm going to make it three for three, but I'll ask, I'll ask this question to you guys. Their over-under number is 103 and a half wins. Do they go over that? Yes. Yeah. I think I'm going to say they finish with 107. I, I think right around there, they're going to have the same win totals at that 2018 Red Sox team. Yeah, look at that division too: D backs, Giants, Pod, I mean, or um, Rockies. I mean, that alone, my goodness. Are they actually in that division? Though the Rockies? <laughs> Are we sure they're playing the same sports? Everybody else. We can play, uh, them and the Pirates and the Orioles could play in their in the AAA this year. No, the Orioles might be better. But yeah. <laughs> Ooh, don't sleep on the Orioles this year. I mean, I'm going like the Rockies though. Before we go to the awards. What the hell are they doing out there? It just makes paying, I don't think they know. They're paying, <laughs> pay, paying the other team to have to employ the best third baseman in baseball. Like, oh, that's... Did did either of you see the article in the athletics he Kenneth Rosenthal wrote about the Rockies? And they're saying how the GM is like no idea, or is it the president? Yeah. The president, right? He's yeah. like like if they're like he doesn't have a clue, paid Ian. <laughs> They, they, what it what Phil? What was the dollar total? It was like over three hundred million dollars of free agents, and they had a negative war. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> it was really, really bad. And I remember the one thing that stuck out at me was like they paid. It's basically like everybody knows they paid fifty-one million dollars the Cardinals to take the Nolan Arenado contract off their hands. And the thing that stuck out in the article is that they were more worried about having to pay him one hundred and eighty-six million dollars and giving Cardinals fifty-one and not have him. That's so, a problem. They're worried he would opt in. Yeah. <laughs> that tells you everything that is wrong with baseball right now is that you cannot build a team around that player and you're worried about paying him money. That is why this sport is heading to the floor stoppage. Hey, man, if I'm Trevor's story, though, I'm like, hey, get on the phone with my agent. Yeah, we got to get out of here as soon as possible. <laughs> and I, that, they're not paying him after this offseason. No, I don't think they're going to trade him. I think they're going to they're try, they're going to get low ball because they're, no, everybody knows they're not going to keep him. And then. They're going to end up giving him the qualifying offer, and then he'll get like a draft pick, and he goes bye bye. Yeah, get their draft. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just such a disaster out there. I mean, those those poor fans. Yeah, them. Yeah, just them in Pittsburgh. Like seriously, what do you do? Pittsburgh. Do you, Pittsburgh. Ugh. Yeah, Anthony. I think the thing also bothers you the Pirates is like they were really good in the mid in the mid aughts in the mid two mid 2010s. I mean, they were right there. This team won like 98, 99 games. And then their ownership is just so cheap. They didn't get that one piece. They need to put them over the top. No, I just, I couldn't fathom being a Pirates fan knowing I was that close. And then just 
nothing. Well, Absolutely are. nothing. It just disappears. You know, don't make that one, maybe two possible moves, you know, just to get you on there. And then just, just everything's gone. They yeah. Can- well, every time they were 198 games, they played in the wild card game yeah. and lost. That is, that sucks. You can't make that up. And think about it. At one point, they had the same pitching staff, Garrett Cole, Charlie Morton, Tyler Glasnow, and Jamison Tyone. And none of them are there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> And a lot of them were not good there. <laughs> no. They had no they could not utilize what they had. Plus they had Andrew McCutcheon, who was a star there, and he he got moved on. They had so many good players, and then none of them ended up working out for anything. No. All right, let's go to the wild cards. We're clearly not picking the Pirates, the Rockies, Will. So who is your NL wild cards? So uh the Mets. New York Metsies, obviously, and then the Pods. Mets and the Padres. That would be a fun wild card game. It would be. It's, it would be fun, but my God, I'd be stressed the whole entire time. <laughs> you know, Jake would be lined up for that game. Yeah, of course he would. Yeah. Of course. Uh, Anthony, your wild card teams. Going with the Braves and the Padres. Yep. I will match you right there. And congratulations, guys. We have the exact same five teams in the, in the NL playoffs, all three of us. Hey. <laughs> all right. The only difference is they will, will put the Braves in the East, and we did not. Yeah, I hope that backfires, by the way. Make me eat that pick. <laughs> it just tells you, though, what's wrong with this with this American National League right now because right, there's so many teams in there that are just not going to be competitive. The whole Central is, is not there. The East is not there. The East is just good, but they're going to kill each other. The West, I mean, Anthony, you only have the Padres, you know, the, Padres the Dodgers, the Giants are a year away, the, the Rockies you talked about, the Diamondbacks are just not good. No, the Diamondbacks just from a team that was, you know, a playoff team a couple of years ago, and then you know you ship out your best player in Paul Goldschmidt. So they're just they're 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 just there. <laughs> they are just here, and I mean, Will, this is it's just problematic that you know we basically can sit here on the end, or late March and pick the entire NL playoff field. Yeah, um, there's not much. To, yeah, there's not much. It's a very like the NLAs is packed and then everything else. Like there's a lot of really good teams and then some really a lot of really bad teams. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get to some award predictions here now. Let's go to the American League MVP. Anthony, who is winning our AL MVP award this year? I feel like it's the obvious pick, but I just I feel like it I don't want to say it was a fluke last year with the Bray winning it, but with the shortened season and everything, I just I think it's got to be Mike Trout, right? That's got to be Mike Trout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Well. Uh, so I, I like really wanted to be hot takey and say like someone like Luis Robert, you know, someone's going to be good, but I, it is, it's just like trout. It's trout and it's by a landslide. Like as much as I want to say right. that list, Give you an Aaron Judge and Clayton Torres or Rendon. It's just it's Trout. It's if they're going to be that competitive, it's got to. He's going to be doing some really good things. It's got to be Mike Trout. Mike Trout's won multiple MVPs and they don't win. If they get in the playoffs, he is going to win that award running away. Exactly. Like like not even remotely close. <laughs> the fun here, National League MVP. Will, who is your NL MVP? I'm going with Ronald Acuna. I think it's going to stay in Atlanta. Ooh. I oh. think he should. He's just. He had a rough year last year. His year before that was exceptional. I mean, the dude's unbelievable. For me, it was a toss-up between him and Soto. 
Anthony, NL MVP. I'm going with, with Tatis. Good old Tatis, you know, he's going to, like I said, you know, it was a toss up between picking the, the Padres and then the, and then the Dodgers for the, for the NL West, but you know, they're going to be, a, they're going to be that wild card team. You know, they could fight for the, could fight for the, uh, for the division, but you know, Tatis is just, I feel like in a sense, he's kind of not really too close, but in a sense, he's kind of like the NL version of Mike Trout. He, he literally could have won the award last year if they if, if yeah. That close. He was that good. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with a guy for a team that's never had an MVP before. I think this is gonna be his big coming out party. Frankie Lindor, MVP. Ooh, all right. They robbed me in 2006 because Ryan Howard hit a billion home runs. <laughs> but hey, action Puerto Rican switch hitter. I mean, the way he's locked in right now, I think he's just going to be electrified by the city. I think he's going to put up his best year ever. He will win the MVP. Yeah, he's clubbing the ball in spring training, man. (laughs) All right. Let's go to the American League Cy Young Award. And last year, Will actually had this right. I'm going going Shane Bieber. I think he had a fantastic year last year. I I think he's, you know, I don't think this guy's going to have sustained success for, you know, five, six years. But I do think he's, Gonna have a great year. Good call. <laughs> so uh, this year, though, I mean, I'm looking just like looking at how it lines up and like the favorites and stuff. There's a lot of like it's gonna be very close, but uh, I think I'm gonna stick in that division and I'm gonna go with Lucas Giolito for the White Sox because again, White Sox are gonna be competitive. They're gonna be trying to win a division, and in order to do that, a guy like Giolito has got to pitch really well, and he pitched really well last year. Uh, he's he's a good pitcher, and I think he's just going to completely you know continue to develop young guy, and hey, keep it in that division. See if Giolito can lead the White Sox. All right, Anthony, Anthony, he's on the board. Giolito, where are you going? I really wanted to say that pick, but you know, I can't. You know, Garrett Cole. I think just what he did last year. I I don't want to be the homer, but come on, what he did. When we do the National League pick, I'm sure there's going to be a very <laughs> Well, I mean, there really isn't anything else to really say in the National League other than, you know. Yeah. Garrett Cole. <laughs> I'm going Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole. I just – just what he did last year and then just what he's doing in spring training as well, just it's phenomenal. Yeah, just because he's the only guy they have. They're going to let him get deep in games. He's going to rack up all the strikeouts. He's going to have an ERA around two and a half. He's going to win 20 games. He's going to win the, win the Cy Young. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. I just hope they don't rely on him too much. To where, you know, come playoff time, he's fizzling out. All right. I don't think that'll be the case, but who knows. All right, let's go to the National League. And last year, Anthony had this one. I want to make that same pick that Will just did with Jake, but I'm going to go a little bit of a different route. I'm going to go with Trevor Bauer. Good call again, Anthony. <laughs> eh, you know, kind of risked it, but, you know, I'm not going that way it's this year. <laughs> you got you got the biscuit last year though. <laughs> I did, I did, I did. So so who was winning the Cy Young this year? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the ground this year. I think, you know, Trevor Bauer, as much as I like him, just <laughs> Yeah, we are not Trevor Bauer fans here on this podcast. <laughs> oh we know. <laughs> Will, are you going the home route or are you going somewhere else in the field? 
Oh, I'm thinking Corbin Burton. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going Jake three out of go three out of four years here. I mean, if his ERA does not blow up at the end of last season, those two bad starts at the end, that like he wins the award again. I don't think I think he beats Bauer. Nope. Yeah, absolutely. He would have had it. Yeah. So three for three, Jacob DeGrom, the best pitcher in baseball. And I'm calling this my shot on this right now. Bauer is going to underachieve hard with the Dodgers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just for the mere fact, there's like no pitcher that would even live up to that contract in the dollar amount, like just to be fair. But yeah, I just not even literally take everything outside of the equation. He didn't sign with the Mets, yada, yada, yada. It's just, it's tough for me to even look at anybody based off 11 starts and be like, oh my God, he's worth $50 million a year, blah, 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 blah. So yeah, I think he's going to be a guy, he, he kind of reverts back to that mid three ZRA, if not, you know, low three ZRA guy. Yeah, plus Anthony, I mean, he's already fighting with the media out there. He's doing stupid things in spring time. He's pitching with one eye closed and then he's drilling Mariners and they're hitting three homers off him in spring training games. I mean, that's pressure of that city is not going to do well for him. I mean, Trevor Bauer is going to be Trevor Bauer, right? Yep. <laughs> Put it simply, yes. And you know what Trevor Bauer's history is? Trevor Bauer says a pitcher is an ERA of about 4-1, and he wins yeah. about 13 games. He gets a bunch of strikeouts. He gives you occasional brilliant performances. You're getting probably slightly better than that in the NL. I don't think you're going to get the one, like the guy who dominated the weak NL Central lineups last year. Yeah, it's just that dollar amount. For, again, for anybody, it's just... Well, especially coming off that short season last year. Like you said, 11 starts. Yeah, yeah it was 11, yeah. You don't want to base it off of that. Just, guy, just here's a, here's a literal boatload of, of cash. Just... All right. It is. <laughs> Last thing on the prediction slate, the World Series call. And I've had the matchup right two years in a row. Last year, I did actually call the correct winner, too. So I'm taking Rays-Dodgers as my World Series this year. Rays-Dodgers. And I think the Rays pitching will be just too much in the playoffs. Dodgers the Dodgers. Dodgers win it all. So this year, I got to try and make it three in a row. I don't know why I have a really – I know the chalk pick. Everybody's going to have the same chalk pick here. I do not feel that's going to happen. I'm going off the board here. I'm going with the Chicago White Sox against mm-hmm. the Mets. Oh. I, I, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm buying the Lindor hype. I'm gonna say Mets pull it off this year. You went two different ways. So when you said you're switching it up with the chalk, I was like, all right, he's either picking not the Yankees or the Dodgers. You didn't pick either. I went off the board. I really did throw me off. I'll be completely honest. But um. God, I wish I could pick the White Sox, man. I, I, okay, here, let me do it this way. Preface it where if the White Sox pick a pitcher up, I'll say White Sox make it in the American League because I, I thought I was going to be bold and be the only one who did that. Stole my thunder there. But in the NL, I, I just I think it's going to be the, the Dodgers are going to get back. So who wins of those two? Dodgers, unfortunately, the Dodgers will win. Anthony, you going with the chalk? I really wanted to say Padres. I was going to say, you know, maybe Padres get it to the World Series, you know, by just getting hot in the playoffs. But with what the Dodgers did again, I, I can't. It's going to be Dodgers over. 
really don't want to say Yankees because I know they're not going. I'm not saying that. Ooh. I don't know. I say White Sox. Hop on the yeah. Hype. We'll go with the we'll go with the White Sox hype train. I wonder if I just incepted we'll that into people into your Ryan's here, like what the White Sox love. I was coming in with a lot of it. A lot of it. And then I was like, let's just keep it going. Because Yoannis Tespin is going to sign him. He's going to back clean up. Hit him all the way, baby. Yoannis. Yeah, he's going to go play some golf in Chicago on the off days. He's going to go have some beers down at Wrigleyville, like when they play the Cubs. <laughs> no, but like in all seriousness, yeah. just to, I'm not going to go long here. That lineup, we've already talked about it, is so freaking legit, man. And they still have like guys coming up, like Madrigal, like uh, Vaughn, I think is his last. Like, like they, if that goes well, it could just be, it could not even be competitive. Though, if they get another starter, I mean, that that team is really like where the Padres were last year. But I think they have substantially better um, hitting at this point. So, I mean, hey, we'll see. All right, so White Sox, you might have just cursed your team this year because we picked them to easily win the division and to get to the World Series. Yeah. <laughs> Although, to be fair, none of us had them win the World Series. Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right, there you have it. Those are our baseball predictions. We will keep track of those, see what happens as the season goes on. I know you guys are hopping on here. We'll talk again a couple times throughout the year, but do some social media plugs. Anthony, how do people follow you as well as Mickey on some of the stuff you're doing? Uh, yeah, you can keep up on me on Instagram at Sorbellini Photos, S-O-R-B-E-L-L-I-N-I Photos. All right, and Will, how about you? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Will Schneider H1. Uh, yes, follow me. I tweet about sports, do some few things, read some articles, and so on. So, yeah. All right, thanks again, guys, for all the time. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. Show me the money. All right, show me the money. Time to do the baseball over under edition of the show me the money segment here on the podcast. Join me today, the annual guest in this spot. Phil Freyetta is here. Phil, how are you? I'm doing well, Mike. How are you? Doing pretty good. I got to say, it feels good to be doing this in late March as opposed to July. We had to do it last year. Yeah, and it's nice to have uh, the 162-game numbers to go off. Uh, trying to do the math in, in my head last year was difficult. It was quite difficult, and it's. I was saying at the top of the show, it's amazing how far we've come in one year because, I mean, it, in late March 2020, we were doing opening day at home. We had no baseball in sight, I mean, not anything in sight. Now we have the full schedule. We have fans in every ballpark to some degree. It's pretty cool to, have, to see how far we've come. Yeah, uh, it's, it's amazing, really. It's a miracle of uh, modern science that we were able to move this far this quickly. Uh, and, you know, I'm hopeful that come July 4, uh, we can really uh, get back to some something that looks for like 2019 looks instead of 2020. Yeah, so now we have that in mind. Now we have the parameters of the seasons out here. I mean, we have 162. We have fans starting. We'll have more as the year goes on. We have the extra inning rollback. We have the seven inning doubleheaders back. No DH. What are you? What are your feelings on this year coming up? Well, when it comes to the fans, I'm very happy about that. Although I, I read, and I know this isn't 
the purpose of this segment, but uh, is it true that the Texas Rangers are going to have a full ballpark on opening day and then they're going to institute capacity restrictions after that? I have not heard that. Well, I heard they're doing 100% from the jump. All right. Uh, that, that would make more sense. I heard that they were doing 100% for opening day and then switching back to reduced capacity for the next few games. I will take a look on, uh, about, on that while you talk about which, your other stuff. Which is weird. But, uh, but on the other stuff, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that we didn't get the DH, but we've talked about that on this podcast before. That's a, the DH has become a negotiating bargaining chip on both sides, and the union is holding out to that, on that chip. Uh, to to get um, more what, what they want as far as the, the uh, more money and and that's where we are there. I'm surprised we didn't get that. I'm happy that we kept the seven inning double headers. I, I've come around on them. I like them. I think they're I think they're better. Uh, and you know I'm just happy that we're going to have 162 games of baseball. And like you said, we're going to have fans in the stands in some capacity in every stadium in Major League Baseball, I believe, except I guess the Blue Jays are starting out in Buffalo again. Is that right? Yeah, I, I actually, no. They're starting in Dunedin down in Florida. They're starting at the spring training facility. Okay, they're, and then they're going to go off to Buffalo at some point, I assume, when the weather is more cooperative. Yeah, I don't know what's go, what the plan with that is because also tri- AAA's got a season this year, so Buffalo is still there. Right, right. So I don't know what the Blue Jays are doing, but everybody else is going to uh, going to get some normal-ish baseball with uh, with people in the stands, and I- I'd love to go. Uh, I- I'm I'm planning on going to at least a few Yankee games this year. Yeah, that's an interesting point you brought up too, because I was going to ask you about that because. As people know, like more people getting the vaccine, like I've gotten both shots. You are in the process of getting your second shot, so that's going to be coming up soon. It's going to be, you'll probably have it by the time the episode ends up dropping here. But this is one of those things where you're at what point do you feel comfortable going, as opposed to like, are you versus when would you really want to go? It's like because I know going, you still got to wear your mask, still got to be like not a full house. A lot like the rest of the concessions won't be open. So like, what difference does it make to you to be able to be able to physically go to the ballpark? So. For me personally, I just I just want my shots, uh, which, as you mentioned, I'm fortunate enough that I'm almost done with them. Uh, if I have to wear a mask, okay, I have to wear a mask. I can live with it. it it's worth going to me for me. Uh, I like going. I like watching baseball live. And I don't really care if it's a full house or not. In some respects, it's better. You know, uh, less less line for to get the hot dogs and the popcorn and everything else. So uh, I'd like to go as soon as possible. Um, but my, my typical rule has been I don't like to go to baseball games in April if I can avoid it. Uh, sometimes the temptation gets there, but it's so cold. The weather's not cooperative. And when you're going to early season baseball games, it's, it's, it's not the same as, you know, when the season's up in full swing when it comes to May. And, and all right, I know Garrett Cole's going to go seven innings. It's not they're going to pull him after 80 pitches no matter what, that kind of thing. Yeah, I also I think that's interesting because I'm one who's like I have the shots. I'm just sort of more like I want to wait a little bit more. A the weather you said is, is kind of kind of you know bad this area of the time of the year. Also, I'm one where I kind of wanted to be a little more normal when I go. So I'm sort of looking at like I'll I'm fine. I got the Gary Keith and Ron experience on TV, and I will look to you know go in the summer. That's where I start my target to go back to the ballpark is. Yeah, that that, that sounds. 
right. Uh, I mean, they'll see if I can go in May, June, some, somewhere around that time. I think those are, that's the best weather also in New York to go to a baseball game. Yeah. Uh, the, the problem with those April games is half of them get rained out. Yeah, that's true. I also was looking up the Texas Rangers situation here, and I found an article in the New York Post that they're going to have the full house on opening day, and you were right. It says that after opening day, the Rangers will introduce socially distanced seating sections. The team's requiring fans to wear a mask for all games, so I don't know exactly well, what how that means. Stupid. <laughs> I mean, how stupid is that? That's just the Texas Rangers trying to be the Texas Rangers. I know last year they were the first team to make their employees go back to the ballpark. Uh, so on April 1st, it's going to be okay to have a full house, but not on April 2nd. Now, that's, that's pretty stupid. Uh, yeah, I thought I had read that. That's, I, I mean, think that's pretty stupid. That is pretty dumb. The Texas Rangers, is really just, they're just trying to show off. Yeah, uh, look, uh, I'm not going, so I guess whatever. But, man, that is that's pretty stupid. It is pretty stupid. And something is not pretty stupid. We're going to do our baseball over under bets. This is a running tradition here on the podcast. This is the third year in a row we've done it. I, I won narrowly the first year, second year. I won more run, but this, that's sort of an asterisk because the 60 game thing was weird. And we had trying to figure out what does 37 and a half wins actually means out of a 60 game slate and try to figure it out this year back traditional 162. So we are going to use the numbers from fan duels, sports book, our over under numbers. We're going three overs and three honors. Phil, since you, are coming in trying to win this year. I'm going to give you the choice. Would you like the first pick or the second and third picks? I'll take second and third. All right, so I will be up first. I'm going to start off my board here. I've got a lot of numbers I like here. I'm going to start off here with an under here. I'm going to start off with the Colorado Rockies under 63 and a half wins because this is a team that they dumped Nolan Arenado for peanuts and they paid the Cardinals money to do it. This is a team that is going to end up moving Trevor Story to trade deadline because they're nowhere near the contention. They're going to get pummeled in the West by the Rockies and the Dodgers. Plus, the Giants are not bad. Arizona will be more competitive. This team is easily in 100 games, and I have to get 99 losses for me to lose this bet. So I will take the Rockies under 63.5, my first pick. I like it. Uh, I had it on my board. Uh, I agree with you that you got the Dodgers, you got the Padres. My only concern with doing doing that and i've done it before uh, successfully i've uh, with the orioles a hundred losses a lot of losses if the rockies have a good two-week stretch you might not get there but i think it's i think it's a safe play i like it all right so you're up now you have two picks why are you going with your first one? First pick i want to go i'm going to do actually both my picks in the american league central uh so i'm going to go over 90 and a half for the Chicago White Sox. I think the White Sox are a really good team. I think they are they showed flashes last year, and now they've got this young core ready to go over a full 162. They have pretty good pitching. They're just good all, all around. The number's 90 and a half. I think I can see get a 93, 94, 95 win White Sox team. So let me go over with the Chicago White Sox. Yeah, I love that one. That was on my short list of picks to make. And this is one I think they're going to win that division this year. So take over nine and a half is a no-brainer, in my opinion. Yeah, I like that number. Uh, on the other end of it, I'm going to go under on the Cleveland Indians. Their number is 81 and a half. And I have to believe that that's just a Terry Francona number. Because what, what do the Indians have anymore? They have Bieber and they have Jose Ramirez. They, they have nothing. 
they, they depleted, they traded Lindor to the Mets. They sent Carrasco to the Mets. They have really nothing behind those two guys. Uh, they lost Brad Hand. They, they just dumped him as salary. I just don't see how the, the Indians are going to go over 81 and a half this year. Uh, I think they're a bad team in a division that I think has some decent teams, including the White Sox and the Twins. So I'm going under on the Indians. Yeah, for me, that number is too close to the margins, especially because I think they will split their games with the Royals. The Tigers, they should still beat up on. The Tigers are pretty bad. I think the American League is a hole being down. I think I could see them picking up the wins in the right spots. I think they have to play the NL Central again. So that's what I was going to stay away from. It's too close to comfort for me. Yeah, it's a good number. I just I think that uh, I think Terry Francona is inflating it a little bit. I think it might be. I'm also, I'll stick in the American League Central here. I'll just add another one to that division. I'm going to take the Royals over 73 and a half. This is a team I think that's actually trying to get better. They made some shrewd moves in the offseason. They have some young players coming up. They got Brady Singer. They have a full year in the rotation. They have that kid Bobby Witt Jr., the shortstop, who should be up in the middle of the year. They have some nice piece on offense. It's a low bar to click. Win 77 games to get the over on the Royals. I'm going to take that. All right. The, I could see it for the same reasons that I just pick the under on the Indians. Uh, I, I I can see those two splitting their games with each other. So, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, plus I like the lower number to clear. That's an easier bar for me to get over. Yeah, it, uh, it's clear. I think that's a good one. Okay. You're up now. Where are you going through next pick? I'm actually going to your team. Uh, I'm going over 91 on the Mets. I, I think the Mets are the, probably the third best team in baseball this year behind the Yankees and the Dodgers. Uh, I, I think the Mets are, have a complete ball club. I think they, I think they're loaded on offense. They have good starting pitching. The Carrasco injury is a hurt that hurts, but okay, it's a hamstring. That's a good thing. It's not. It's not a shoulder. It's not an elbow. So you're going to get him back. Cindergard uh, apparently is coming around for the All Star break. You've got Jake. The bullpen is much improved. You may actually get something out of Edwin Diaz here. So I like over on the Mets, over 91 for the Mets. You know I love the Mets over every year. I had that on my list. I was going to be my next pick if you would not do it. So good job for you in stealing that one from me. Yeah, I, I'm i going with your team. I just think the uh, – I I really do. I think the Dodgers are by far and away the best team in baseball. I think the Yankees are probably the second best. And then I'm I, – there's nobody who I'd say is definitively better than the Mets after those two. Yeah, that's true. I think my next pick here, I'm going to try and go to my overs here. I don't have a ton left that I love. I'm going to get another one on the board here. I'm going to take the Cardinals over 86. Because this is a number I think I can clear pretty easily. This is, in my opinion, the best team in the worst division in baseball. They got Nolan Arenado now. They got to go him to go with Paul Goldschmidt. Their pitching should be healthier this year. And... 86 seems low when they're in a division where the Cubs got worse, the Pirates are tanking, the Reds got worse, and the Brewers stay about the same. So I think on division alone and playing the American League Central, I can get over 86. I'll take the Cardinals over 86. Yeah, who do you like in that division? Uh, I think the Cardinals are probably going to win it. Uh, there's, no, there's nobody in that division who jumps out at me. Is there a team that jumps out at you? I think the Cardinals. I think no one around yeah, there is enough to do it. Yeah, it's not a very good division. Uh, I think the Cardinals could win that division with 88-89 wins, so I like that pick. All right, so we have three on the board each. So far, you have done two overs and one under. Where are you going with your next pick? Uh, I'm going to go to an under, and I'm going under 79.5 on the Red Sox. 
I, I don't understand where the Red Sox number comes from other than the fact that they're the Boston Red Sox. They're clearly worse than the Yankees, the Rays, and the Blue Jays. I, I think significantly worse than those three teams. They're going to get beat up by those three teams. And I just, what do the Red Sox have? I Who on their team even gets you a little excited? Xander Bogart? I just don't, I don't see anything on that team to get anybody excited. I don't think they're any good at all. Uh, so I'm going under with the Red Sox. Under the seven, nine and a half. That team to me, right now, they basically did nothing on the pitching front that really gets you excited. So you mean Garrett Richards really getting you fired up right now? No, the, the Red Sox, they can't, they have no pitching. Yeah. This team, I think at max is 75 wins at max. Yeah, I, I don't get the number. I think I really think the number is just the, the brand, the Boston Red Sox brand. So I'm going under with the Red Sox. Yeah, that, it's, that's a good pick. I had that on my board, too. Next one I'm going to go to here is I'm going to go to my unders here. I'm going to go for the same reason. I think the brand's inflating the total a little bit here. Give me the Phillies under 81.5 because this team literally is basically the exact same as the one that can't gets underachieved the last two years. They brought in a couple more relievers, but I just don't see this mix working very well. And they're in a tough division. They mean the Mets and the Braves are better than them. I think Washington's better than them too. Miami is, is not a pushover as the last place team. I don't see where the Phillies are winning all these games. I'm going to take go under on the Phillies. I, I like it. The, the only thing the Phillies really have that, that can get you at least a little excited is that I think Girardi's a good manager, but I don't know how much a manager matters in modern baseball. Uh, they, they, they have some good pieces on offense. They have some okay pieces in the pitching staff, but, but nothing, you're right, nothing that gets you so excited. I, I like that pick. I think, I think that's a pick that I feel very good about because I feel like this team is basically in fourth place and staying in fourth place. They've done nothing to get me excited to say, wow, they actually are going to push the Mets and push the Braves. Yeah, I like it. I agree. All right. You have two picks left. You have one over and one under left. Where are you going with your next one? I'm going to go over Houston Astros, 87 and a half. Uh, I know the Astros are down. I know they lost a lot of pieces, but they're still by far and away the best team in their division. I think, I think they're better than Oakland. I think they're, significantly better than the angels and you know, the Rangers are just, they're, they're a disaster. So I like over Astros. I don't think they're going to be much over. They're clearly not as good as they used to be. I don't think you're going to see a 97, 98 win Astros team, but I think they could win 90 games. Yeah. I mean, that's one where the division like got is tricky for me. It's why I want to stay away from it because Oakland, you know, they don't look good. It seems like they'll find a way to win about 87, 85 games themselves. And the Angels, one of these years, will get it right with Mike Trout. It's one of these where I'm like, I don't know with the Astros. I want to see like what they look like without some of these pieces they lost. But what what did the Angels do for you? I mean, who did, who did they bring in that gets you excited? The thing that encouraged me is if, like, Otani is fully healthy, he's a boost on both the offense and the pitching staff. They they made some shrew moves on the pitching front to get themselves some depth options there and see where they're going to have a lot. And division's not good. They can win games that way. The, the division's not good. I agree with you on that. Uh, Otani, I, I like Otani as a player, but he needs to show me that he can actually play 162 games going doing the – pitching and the hitting. I, I haven't seen it yet, and uh, I'm skeptical, uh, as 
as I think anybody should be, because nobody's done that in a hundred years. Yeah, that's true. And I'm up now. I'm gonna have my last pick here. I'm gonna st- go to my overs. I, again, I don't have as many of those because we've we agreed a lot of them. I'm taking Toronto over 86 wins in the American League East because. This is a team I think is on the rise. I think George Springer coming in is going to be a big help to this team. I feel like another year of experience for all the kids is going to help out a lot. Plus, I think they're the second-best team in the American League East. I think Tampa Bay is taking a step back to kind of reload a bit. So I think the wins are going to be there for Toronto. I think they're going to win about 90 getting a wild card. So I think I'm going to take Toronto over 86. So, all right. So, so that, that was my question. So you're taking Toronto and saying that they are now leaping the Rays they're the second best team in this division, and if anybody's going to challenge the Yankees, it's them. I believe so. Because I think Tampa. This thing is, I I know that they have like pitching wizards, but they got rid of both Snell and Charlie Morton last year. Glass now has trouble staying healthy. I want to see them like get these guys all healthy in one shot. The ones they brought in, see if they can make it work. But until they do, I, I like the I like the Blue Jays better. I I I'd like that. And look, the, the American League East is. Uh, I know a lot of people say, uh, chalk it up, Yankees are going to win it. And uh, I'm a Yankee fan, so I hope that's right. But there's some some cause for concern here uh, with, with the Yankees. You know, they, they, their pitching staff has a lot of question marks on it. Their bullpen is becoming desecrated by injury again. So, yeah, I could see Toronto sniffing for the division. And they have a lot of good young pieces, like you said. They do, and I think Springer's leadership will be a big help to that team. You're up now. We each have an under left, so where are you going with your final pick on the underside? Most of what I was looking at has been taken, so I'm going to go with a little bit of an outside-the-box one here. I'm going under on the Padres, not because I don't think they're good. I just think the number's high. 94.5 is a high number, especially when you consider that they're in a division with a team that's probably going to win 105 to 110 games in the Dodgers. So I know the rest of the division's not great. I know that they're not playing uh, on the American League side. They're not playing a great division. I get it. But 94 and a half, I mean, you're, that, that is, has to be a 95 win or plus team for me to lose that. That's a, that's a lot of wins. So let me go under with the Padres. I think they're good. I think they'll make the playoffs, but 95 is a big number. Yeah, it's an interesting strategy there because, like, I like that team. I could see your point where you say, you know what, like, that's still a lot of wins. That's not, they could win ninety three, make the playoffs, and still, and and that would not be a disappointing year for them. But they may not clear that number. It's a lot because ninety five is a lot. Well, and the other problem they're going to run into, I think, if you, if you look at it, is they're not going to compete with the Dodgers. So you're probably going to get to a point where they they say, all right, the division's out of reach, but. As far as teams that are going to qualify for a wild card, they're probably going to have that four seed locked down pretty easily. They could cruise a little bit at the end. Yeah, I think honestly, the wild cards thing, it's like I said before, I think it's my play. I think the NL playoff feels it's been basically, assuming everyone stays healthy, set on paper for a while. I think it's the two teams in the East, the Mets and the Braves, the two teams in the West and the Cardinals. I think that's the NL playoff field. Right. So, so then it becomes down to a question of do the Padres need to really play to the end to get that home field advantage against the Braves or the Mets. I'm not sure they're going to need to. Yeah, that's true. I think that's going to be an interesting point right there. And then my last under here, I'm going to go with the old standby here. 
I'm going to take the Baltimore Orioles under 63 and a half wins because this is another team where they played a little better last year, but again, short sample size. This is one I don't know if the pieces are going to be ready yet. They didn't do much to augment the Major League roster in the offseason. I still think we're a year away from Baltimore. I think we're getting another 100, like, three-ish loss year, which is still improving where they're tracking over the last couple of years. So give me Baltimore under 63 and a half to wrap this up. I like that pick. I think that the Orioles are going to resort, go back to their uh, batting practice role for the Yankees. And now for the Blue Jays, I think that those two lineups are going to absolutely pound their pitching. And I can see both of those teams beating them 15 to plus times each. Plus, you have the, they're playing the National League East, too, which means you get all those good teams playing against them, too. So that's another bunch of losses going to be added to that Oriole ledger. Right. You get beat up by the Mets. You get beat up by the the Braves. And I even think a team like the Phillies would just pound on the Orioles because of that, that uh, hitters that they have. The Orioles can't pitch. It's been their problem for almost a decade now. Uh, they they serve the purpose of padding a lot of guys on the Yankees' stats. They probably made a lot of guys in the Yankees a few extra million bucks. And uh, and that's that's really what they've done. Yeah, this makes a lot of sense to me because I feel like I think they're still at least two years away. I want I was torn between this and the Pirates. The Pirate number is just so so low at fifty eight and a half. I'm like, that's one that like I'm pushing it if I take the fifty eight and a half. Yeah, yeah, fifty eight and a half. That's hard. I know there was a year where I can't remember what it was now, but I took the Orioles and I think they were lower than that, and and I and I won, but. It's, that's a hard one. I like the Orioles here. I think that's a good under. Plus, the Pirates are in weaker division and in playing a weaker division in the American League. So that's one I could see them getting to like 59, and like you don't win that. Right, right. And then they're not going to get beat up by the Yankees. They are not. So to reset the board here, Phil's picks. He's going with the White Sox over 94 and a half win, or 90 and a half wins. The Cle- Cleveland Indians under 81 and a half. The Mets over 91. The Red Sox under 79.5, the Astros over 87.5, and the San Diego Padres under 94.5. I have gone with the Rockies under 63.5, the Royals over 73.5, Cardinals over 86, Phillies under 81.5, Toronto over 86, Baltimore under 63.5. Those are the picks, and I will say neither of us touched the Yankees, and I have to double check it out. I believe last I saw it was like in, in uh, high 90s, maybe like 95 or 97. I had the the Yankees. They have them at ninety six and a half. I think I don't have it in front of me right now, but That's, I think they sounds, have them at ninety six and a half. That sounds right. What like if you had to make a pick on that number, what would you get? I, I would take the over, but that's just being an optimist. There's, okay. there's, the, the Yankees are a really really hard team to project as they've been the past couple of years for for two reasons. One, you have no idea who's actually going to play for the Yankees in a given day. Because of the, the just the amount of injury prone players that they have, how many games do you get out of Judge? How many games do you get out of Sam? How many games do you get out of uh, Aaron Hicks? How many games do you get out of Sanchez? Is Sanchez even worth anything anymore? Et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so you got those problems, and then on top of it, now you have a problem of the Yankees starting pitching is a tremendous question mark. Are you going to get anything out of Kluber? Are you going to get anything out of Talon? Are you going to get anything out of uh, Herman, Debbie Garcia? The, those guys, you have, you have no idea, really. 
And when it comes to the bullpen, the Yankee bullpen is not what it's been over the past few years. Last year was a clear weakness, and and it ended up costing them in that series against the Rays. Uh, this year, they went out, they brought in Justin Wilson and Darren O'Day to try and stabilize it, and Justin Wilson's going to get an MRI in his shoulder right now. Yeah, so you might lose him. You already lost Britain for at least a few months. Yeah, it's not ideal so, for the Yankees. I think, honestly, the way with them is it's like, I think that's the number. I think it's right there around 95, 96 wins. Because I think there's also might be a point where, like, they may be coasting a little bit, especially if Toronto does not take that leap. Look, I don't like to draw conclusions on last season because last season was a very weird season. But the, what you saw from the Yankees last year was very concerning. That, that's a team who won 15 games in a row, and then they lost 15 games in a row. They, they were super hot and cold. And you started to see it a little bit in 2019 as well, and then more so in 2020, that some of these guys who came out of nowhere uh, are starting to get a little bit exposed. They, the Yankees need their key guys on the field. They're, they're not going to be able to continue to win by playing people who Mike Talkman and guys like that. that. That's not that's not what they need. They need Aaron Hicks out there. They need Judge out there. They need Stanton out there. And if they can get those guys to play, they're going to win 100 games. But it's at this point, you've... I don't know, can you go into a season assuming you're getting 100 and even 40 games out of those guys? Probably not. No, I don't think you can. If, if you do, great. But at this point, I don't think you can. So... Uh, so there's a lot of question marks there. To me, the biggest question mark with the Yankees is actually one that I haven't heard a lot of people talk about, and it's Glaber Torres. Uh, is is Glaber Torres going to be a superstar, or is he just going to be a very good player? And I think that this is his season now to make it make that known. Is is he going to elevate himself to a top player in the American League, or is he just going to be a per, an All Star type player? Um, We'll find out this year because if the Yankees can get Glaber to take that next step, that that is huge for them. It provides insurance against Judge and Stanton injuries, and uh, and and it would be very huge. I think there's no other word for it. Huge. I think that's important, and I think Aaron Hicks is important too. Aaron Hicks, his value gets underplayed every year uh, because he doesn't put up the massive numbers that his other guys do but he's a very good defensive center fielder. He gets on base, and he's a switch hitter. And the Yankees have no lefties in that lineup. So they they need his bat. Yes, they do. And last thing before we go, I'm asking everybody who's been on the podcast today for a World Series pick. So what is your World Series prediction for for this year? I mean, I don't know how you could say anything other than the Dodgers and the Yankees. Uh, I know I said that last year, and I maybe even said it the year before, but – if you're if you're being objective, I think that's got to be your pick. Uh, the playoffs are the crapshoot. Who knows? But I'm going. I'd go Dodgers and the Yankees. Yeah, I went a little off the board. I said it earlier in the podcast, but I think just considering you know this is going to be a little bit of a fluky year. I think obviously you're saying Dodgers Yankees for a while now. I think this. I just don't think it's going to happen again because I feel like we've been beating on that door. So like in the early nineties, you were everybody's like doing the. Doing that, the Bills and the 49ers, but we never saw it happen. I think, I think it's the white whale generation. We're not going to see Dodgers, Yankees, in the World Series for at least another like three years. 
Well, look, we haven't seen the Yankees in the World Series since 2009, so uh, that, that's that's not crazy for you to say that. The Yankees haven't uh, they they've been good, but they haven't taken that next step to get into the World Series. Uh, we'll see if they do. Uh, I, I'm more confident about the Dodgers than I am the Yankees with that pick. I, the Dodgers, to me, are just absolutely loaded. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually challenge for the most wins ever in a season. No, I think my pick, my pick was I did not take either of those teams. I took, I actually went a little, a little homerish here, but I got a weird feeling this year. I took Mets White Sox in the World Series. I could definitely see that. Uh, the the Mets are look, they were, they were there a few years ago. They're a dangerous team if you get them in a short series. To me, though, the, the Dodgers are just so so good. I really could see the Dodgers winning 120 games. Yeah, I think I, I know it sounds crazy, but I could. I could too. The thing that's crazy about the Dodgers is like, is like, yeah, you get them in there, but. The thing I like with the Mets is you get them in a short series. You have Jacob DeGrom, you have Marcus Stroman, Carlos Carrasco, Noah Syndergaard. That's a very rough four for anybody to match up with. It is, but the Dodgers are going to throw back Walker Buehler and Clayton Kershaw and Trevor Bauer and all their other guys. So That's a heavyweight matchup. Yeah, uh, and, and when it comes to if it gets to a battle of the bullpens, I like the Dodgers a little bit better. I just think the Dodgers are a little bit better than the Mets in all all areas, but would it surprise me if the Mets beat them? No. no I but uh, I, I, I really will. I wouldn't bet on it uh, on even odds, but I, I wonder what the odds are for a bet that the Dodgers beat the win record. Because I might consider it if, if the odds are there. Yeah, I'll definitely take a look at that, Phil. Thanks again. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Mike. Uh, thanks for having me on. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, I guess we'll talk uh, sometimes at the end of the season and see uh, see who won this year. Yep, sounds good. All right, take care. The two minute drill. All right, two minute drill time here on the podcast. Just want to wrap things up right now. Talk a little bit about the extension game the Mets are playing here with Francisco Lindor and Michael Conforto. Recording on Sunday night. By the time the podcast drops in your ears on Monday morning. Who knows? You might have a Francisco Lindor contract here because Steve Cohen has been tweeting a lot this weekend talking about and teasing the audience with the possibility of, you know, this might get done. He tweets out Friday night saying, hey, you know, Twitter, I'm going to crowdsource here. What should this contract be? Give me what I should offer Francisco Lindor. And everybody's giving him all their numbers. Some people being clever with, you know, like name a sandwich after Lindor, give him some black jerseys. But that's eyebrow number one. Eyebrow number two is the reports coming out from Jeff Passan and Joel Sherman that Steve Cohen flew down to Florida to have dinner with Frankie Lindor on Saturday. And that's another one that raises your eyebrow because that's not happening if the deal's not close. We heard previously that, you know what, there's optimism on both sides. The Mets offered just under 300. Lindor's asked for over 300, well over 300. Seems like that 320 mark seems to be where this deal ends up. And earlier on Sunday, Steve Cohen tweeted a teaser saying, hey, I'm going to be on the Mets YouTube channel, the Mets Facebook channel tomorrow. I'm going to be answering questions. And I know Steve Cohen likes his attention, but... I feel like that's sort of our timeline here for this Lindor contract because if you are a smart PR guy, you do not want your owner out there teasing this extension and then getting to the fans not having it done. 
I think it's happening. It's going to be very close. I think this steals will get done. It's very important for the Mets because you do not make that trade from Francisco Lindor and not sign him long-term. I think it's got to be something in the neighborhood of 10 years, about 325. He's not going to get the Tatis contract because Tatis is younger, but Randor is a good chance to transform this franchise in the direction it needs to be in terms of being a destination for stars. And they need to give the fans that sign to say, hey, this is different. This is not we're going to trade for him and do as Andy Martino has been advertising. You know They're fine letting him walk. There are so many stars who are coming out there. No. That's not going to fly. You make that trade. You sign the guy. That's it. End of discussion. That's what's going to happen here. The Michael Confort situation, we're not as optimistic about it in the Mets end because, remember, Confort is represented by Scott Boris. The right field class is very weak. And the Mets have talked to him. It sounds like he is more interested in going to free agency, which is his right. And I'm sure he's going to steer himself there. And the Mets would like to pay up to get him. I don't think they're going to overpay right now. So they'll let him take the market and see. He'll give the Mets a chance to beat him out. But I think at the end of the day, getting this Lindor contract is done is huge in the Mets. And opening day has been the deadline. The Mets had taken this down to the wire before. Jacob DeGrom, remember, a couple of days were opening day in 2019. He signs the contract. That is a deal that's been a bargain for the Mets. Getting Lindor done is massive for this franchise's future. Getting Conforto signed eventually is also massive for this franchise's future because for two different reasons. Lindor, obviously, is the sign that, hey, if we want the big fish, we're going to get the big fish. And all the Mets fans were whining about not getting Trevor Bauer or George Springer or JT Realmuto. Remember that Francisco Lindor is better than all three of those players. And he's a top five guy in the sport when he's healthy. Having that guy here long-term, being the face of your franchise, is a big deal. Michael Conforto is also a big deal because the Mets have a bad pattern going of letting their stars get to the market and walk. We saw it with Jose Reyes. We saw it a bit with Daniel Murphy, to a lesser degree, who merged into a star after he got to Washington. Conforto staying here is a sign to the Mets fans that, you know what, like we are not going to let our big guys leave anymore. That if we want to keep Michael Conforto, we'll keep Michael Conforto. Lesser degree, Noah Syndergaard could fall in this category. They talked to him a little bit, but again, some off Tommy John's. Hard to see what the deal is at this point, but she'll make a run re-signing him too. So, again, the checkbook's getting open Steve Cohen. It's very important for the Mets to show that they are committed to keeping this team together long-term and spending the money to get the best talent to stay here. I think it's happening. Good job by Stevie Cohen. Sorry hinting at it, but got to get that contract signed. If you don't, you can get a lot of grief on opening day. So hopefully they do finish this off. All right, and that will do it for this week's show. I want to thank my guests, Will Schneider and Anthony Sorbonne, the baseball beat, hopping on, helping me preview the season. I also want to thank Phil Freire for coming on as well, doing the over-unders with me again. A fun annual tradition on this podcast. If you want more good stuff like this podcast, including my projection, the Mets opening day roster, there were some interesting calls to make sort of towards the back of the bullpen and stuff like that. Check out the blog over justinthesuffering.wordpress.com. Go subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, all the usual suspects. Simply search for Just and the Suffering, your favorite podcast platform. You can find all the old episodes there. Feel free to your feedback and star ratings as well. It helps make the podcast even better going forward. You can also follow my YouTube channel, Mike Phillips on YouTube. The individual conversation from the episode will be up there as well. 
I'm going to have chats with the baseball beat, and Phil will be on the YouTube channel shortly. You can also follow me on Twitter at mphillips331. It's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. And that's it for the first of two podcasts. We're getting a bonus one this week. Troy Moriel and I are going to be back later in the week to recap the ladies and Mars mask. Get us set for the final four. We'll pop culture and more. Until then, play ball. This has been the Just End the Suffering Podcast. I'm out.